This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, let's get to our first guest today. Senator Ted Cruz here in the great state of Texas. Glad you have made it here to the Chris Salcedo Show, sir. Chris, good to be with you. Happy Fourth of July. And to you as well, sir. Uh, Look, we got to get right down to business because we have some rather pressing issues. North Korea over the 4th of July holiday, firing off an ICBM that could hit the United States. Uh, The United States has confirmed this. A a lot of pressure points need to be applied. China, it is said, is key. But uh, how much can we rely on the Chinese to do what's right? Well, this this is profoundly dangerous. Uh, North Korea right now, I think, is the most dangerous place on Earth because you've got a a radical and unstable dictator, Kim Jong-un, who who tragically possesses nuclear weapons, has developed nuclear weapons, and as you noted, is actively testing and developing ICBMs. Now, the only purpose of an ICBM uh, is to carry a nuclear weapon to the United States. They, They already have the capacity... Uh, to attack their neighbors, to attack Japan, to attack South Korea or Taiwan, all close allies of ours. But but an ICBM would give them the capacity to take a nuclear weapon and, and attack the continental United States. Uh, and indeed, Kim Jong-un, just a couple of years ago, when he was specifying cities that he wanted to attack, listed three, including Austin, Texas, as, as one of the three cities he, he wanted to target with a nuclear attack. And... and uh, whether he would do it or not, I don't know. The man is unstable and radical and predictable, but it is profoundly dangerous. Uh, and Chris, I'll tell you, it is the fact that North Korea has nuclear weapons it, it is a result of failed U.S. policy. Uh, you, you actually have to go back to the Clinton administration when Bill Clinton was president. Uh, the entire world had sanctions against North Korea to prevent them from getting nuclear weapons. And the Clinton administration led the world in relaxing those sanctions. They did so in in exchange for a promise not to develop nuclear weapons. As a result, billions of dollars flowed into North Korea, and Kim Jong-il, who was Kim Jong-un's father, took those billions of dollars, turned around, and developed nuclear weapons. Uh, Now, the reason that that matters so much is not only was an absolute failure in North Korea, but the very same person, Wendy Sherman, who negotiated the failed North Korea deal, was recruited to come back by the Obama administration to be their lead (laughs) negotiator with Iran. And she negotiated the same deal, billions of dollars in exchange for a promise not to develop nuclear weapons. And I think if we don't change course quickly, we are risking Iran joining North Korea as a nuclear power that explicitly wants to use those weapons to murder Americans. I think that's completely unacceptable. Uh, do you think the United really quickly? Do you think the United States has the capacity to do this by themselves and and basically tell the Chinese if you're not willing to be the big boys or actually be a world power, then America will take care of it? Because you know, Senator, they don't want us over there any more than we want to be over there. Well, I, I think it's going to take a variety of tools, and none of these are easy. Once you have a psychotic dictator with with nuclear weapons, your your, your options are limited. Uh, one piece that I strongly agree with that President Trump. Uh, is moving forward with is is installing THAAD anti-ballistic missile interceptors in South Korea. That's something that I urged 
President Obama for years to do. I'm very glad that the Trump administration is moving forward with that. Uh, but beyond that, as you noted, listen, China has disproportionate influence over North Korea. They're, they're enormously powerful over Kim Jong-un. In the past, they have not been terribly helpful. There are some promising signs that China is helping somewhat to rein them in, although obviously not enough to stop the ICBM test that we just saw. Uh, your skepticism towards China, I think, is justified. They have not proven to be reliable friends in any way, shape, or form. But uh, I do think the Trump administration is right to be pressuring China and trying to get China to exert its influence. Uh, you know, I think the approach we should take with China is, to borrow a phrase from Ronald Reagan in the Cold War, trust but verify, that, that, that we should press them to, to help rein in North Korea, but we shouldn't be naive uh, and, and expect that they are our friends in doing so. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, our guest right now here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, Senator, you know uh, that we have been uh, uh, very concerned about not necessarily repealing Obamacare. We'd like to see that get done. But we're concerned with this whole idea of replace, and the, the show is sidle, solidly sure. on, this, on this footing, that we need to have a sunset provision in any replacement. With, because the conservative, as you well know, doesn't think that we need another massive entitlement here, but not all of your Republican brethren believe this. They, they want to replace Obamacare's massive entitlement with another Republican massive entitlement. Do we have any shot at conservatism winning the day on this one? Well, listen, it is a huge challenge, and, and this is the battle that I'm, I'm fighting each and every day. Uh, one of the basic problems is we have a very, very narrow majority in the Senate. We have just 52 Republicans. Uh, every Democrat is a hard no, so we start out with 48 hard no's. And there are a significant number of moderate Republicans who want to see a very substantial federal involvement in health care uh, and are dug in and adamant. And, and to be able to do anything, we've got to get to 50 votes. And so what I have been spending every moment of my day, night and day, trying to do is, is bring Republicans together and saying, listen, number one, we have to honor our commitment to repeal Obamacare. And number two, the most critical, critical test is what happens to premiums. Are we lowering premiums? And the reason for that... The biggest reason so many millions of people are unhappy with Obamacare is that it has caused premiums to skyrocket. The average family's premiums have increased over $5,000 a year under Obamacare. And, and, and I hear every day from Texans who say, I can't afford health insurance for my family anymore. That's a problem the federal government caused, Obamacare caused. We need to fix it. And, and I think the key to getting this done, the key to getting conservatives to support this bill, and we're not there yet, but I think we're making progress, is we've got to lower premiums. And the way you lower premiums is you give consumers freedom to choose the health insurance plans that they want without the government mandate. You free up and you create more choices, more competition, which results in lower premiums and making health insurance more affordable. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, our guest right now, coming to North Texas this evening, I believe, to talk about veterans' issues. And you say, sir, it's about time. Well, that, that, that is exactly right. Uh, so, I, so I'm in North Texas right now. I was in McAllen yesterday down in the Valley for the 4th of July. Uh, I'm in North Texas today. We'll be in San Antonio tomorrow. 
and, and we're doing a, a series of, of town halls with veterans, with concerned veterans of America, to talk about issues concerning the VA, to talk about our defense and rebuilding the military, uh, and to talk about protecting their constitutional rights and the fundamental issues that, that are affecting veterans everywhere. Uh, you know, our veterans, you look at the treatment of vets uh, over the past several years, and it, and it really has been shameful in the VA. And, and, and I've been helping lead the effort to, to provide more accountability in the VA, give the VA secretary, secretary the authority to reprimand or dismiss senior employees that were responsible for malfeasance, were responsible for cooking the books and wrongfully denying veterans care. And, and, and I think the, the best and biggest solution to the challenges of the VA is to give veterans choice. Uh, every veteran should have the power to choose his or her doctor. And, and if the vet wants to go to the VA, that's your right. You've earned it. You've bled for it. Uh, but if a vet instead wants to go to a private hospital, wants to go to the local cardiologist down the street, that veteran should be able to do so. I think that's the most fundamental reform, and it's something that I'm fighting very hard to do. Last big issue that could be transformative for the state in which we broadcast today. Texas, of course, as you know, in West Texas, most likely the largest proven uh, natural gas and oil reserve. They just discovered this this last year. What steps are you taking in in the Senate to make sure that uh, the United States is on a path to energy independence and that Texas is an indispensable cog in that wheel? Well, uh, when it comes to oil and gas, there, there, there's been no stronger champion of oil and gas and, and energy that, than I've been in the Senate. And, and you know, I, I grew up in the oil and gas business. My parents, when I was a kid, owned a small uh, oil and gas company that did seismic data processing. And, and, and I think energy, I think oil and gas are, are critical to turning our economy around and, and bringing around jobs. And, and so I've been, been leading the effort in the Senate. I introduced the American Energy Renaissance Act, which is the most aggressive, comprehensive, serious energy legislation uh, of any senator to, to lift the barriers to expanding our energy exploration, to lift uh, the impediments standing in the way, and, and to allow us to develop resources, uh, invest resources to developing uh, the, the, the enormous reserves that we have. Uh, I'll note also I'm pressing very hard the administration uh, in the process of NAFTA uh, renegotiation to focus on energy, on the massive energy reserves in Mexico, which right now American companies have serious barriers to accessing. Let's use NAFTA renegotiation as an opportunity to lift those barriers. What that would do is create thousands of high-paying jobs in Mexico for people there, but critically thousands of high-paying jobs here in Texas because Texans have the expertise to develop those resources. And when it comes to LNG, liquid natural gas, I have been leading the effort to expand the ability uh, to export LNG, to send it to our allies who want our resources. We've got tremendous natural gas. Our allies want to buy it, and it's been government barriers standing in the way. I'm leading the effort to lift those barriers so that we can sell our products to willing customers. We do that 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 ends up being millions of high-paying jobs that, that benefits everyone in America. Texas Senator Ted Cruz, everybody. Sir, appreciate the time, as always, here on the Chris Alcedo Show, and we'll get you back on soon. Chris, thank you, my friend. And, and as always, I encourage folks to go to our website. It's tedcruz.org, tedcruz.org. 
Thank you, and God bless you. That's tedcruz.org, everybody here. Thanks, uh, Senator. Appreciate that for being on the Chris Salcedo Show. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. Back in two shakes, folks, on The Blaze. He is a liberty-loving Latino conservative. Need we say more? The Chris Salcedo Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, According to the Daily Caller, co-host of CNN's New Day, Chris Cuomo, deleted a tweet today in which he proposed revealing the identity of the Reddit user who posted the CNN wrestling video of President Donald Trump. Should CNN reveal the name of Reddit user who made Trump wrestling video? The tweet read, had a lot of bigoted and hateful material on page and website. Cuomo deleted the tweet, but a Twitter user tweeted a screenshot of it and accused Cuomo of trying to intimidate a teenager in order to suppress negative coverage of his network. Why did Chris Cuomo delete this tweet? Possibly because he found out it was a 15-year-old kid who was trying to extort hashtag CNN blackmail. Now look, there are uh, contradictory reports out there, folks, that the Reddit author of this of this uh, this gif this meme is a kid some are saying he's a kid others are saying he's not at this point it really doesn't matter i mean it would maybe add a punctuation mark to the to the thuggishness of cnn that uh, they they can't even take levity they can't especially when they're the butt of the joke uh Salcedo show is oh no there's an, <laughs> another one there's another this is see I gotta retweet this this is beautiful uh, hold on quote would you this is uh, you guys remember uh, did you watch the original Karate Kid Ellie did you did you watch the original Karate Kid yes do you remember the the last part the 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 crane maneuver and you know uh, Danny LaRusso had a uh, hurt leg and uh, he did the whole crane thing and he smacked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this is. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, laughing out loud. Exclamation point. Um, at CNN. <laughs> versus. At real Donald Trump. Karate kid style. <laughs> <laughs> there is it's it's over ladies and gentlemen Th- this whole thing is over and cnn lost Ana Nevado lost people there are the, the the open mockery is now what, what is taking place and the fact that cnn dedicated news resources to tracking down a guy who put together an internet meme it's just it's it's leaving a bad taste in people's mouths, and now they realize that CNN is just is just a political arm. 
That's all CNN is. They are they are a political arm of the Democrat Party. As a matter of fact, I don't even think they're the arm anymore. I think they're the driving force behind the Democrat Party. It's um, it's quite astonishing to watch the fall. But it's happening right before our eyes. Uh, let's see. Forty. Another headline that's out is. 44 states are now refusing to reveal public data or release public data. Now, granted, it, this is all public. They have no right to refuse to turn it over. And, and you know, I think that Donald Trump is going to be able to get his hands on this and his commission on elections is going to be able to get their hands on this information, whether the states turn it over or not. But it's public knowledge, and they're refusing to give it to the federal government uh, because... Well, this headline says it all. Once again, from the Daily Caller. Nearly 20% of Rhode Island voters don't live in Rhode Island. I'll say that again. Nearly 20% of Rhode Island voters do not live in Rhode Island. Some 150,000 individuals on Rhode Island's voter rolls are not Rhode Island residents, according to the state top elections administrator. Providence Journal reports the Rhode Island Secretary of State Nelly Gorbia conducted an audit of the state's voter registry and identified some 150,000 non-Rhode Islanders registered to vote in that state. And in other states where the voter rolls are not tidied up, there is massive acorn-like voter fraud. You guys remember acorn, right? Big left-wing Obama-supporting group that cheated, mass cheating on voting, organized cheating. Uh, it was so bad they were forced to disband. But uh, these small groups that splintered off of ACORN, they just reconstituted themselves and called themselves something different. So the leftists never went away. They just reorganized and called themselves something different. In the state in which I broadcast in Texas, they call themselves Battleground Texas. But they're just ACORN. That's all they are. So uh, this is quite astonishing to me that that states are now saying you can't have our publicly available data. And Donald Trump tweeted out over the weekend, what are they trying to hide? That's a fair question. Just what are you trying to hide? Uh, Then there was this. Joanne Walsh, she writes for The Nation. She's an affairs correspondent for The Nation. For those of you who don't know what The Nation is, it is a uh, left-wing extremist publication. And she is also a contributor naturally over (laughs) MSNBS. Listen to who she blames for, now again, blames for Donald Trump's presidential victory. The really good research that's taken place since the election shows that fear of a changing America is the number one factor that you can see drive that really divides a Trump, a white Trump voter from a uh, white non-Trump voter. That it's fears of brown people, fears of losing uh, the majority. Fears of losing the majority. Fears of brown people. That's what led to Donald Trump's electoral victory. Well... This brown person has more than a few comments on that bit of analysis. <laughs> well, Joanne Wall or Joan Walsh, she's a crazy person, number one. Number two, I'll respond to this coming up next on the Blaze. 888 900 3393
The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. From Gateway Pundit, Colin Kaepernick, formerly of the San Francisco 49ers, has traveled back to uh, to Ghana for the 4th of July holiday, where he commenced doing what uh, he does best. And it's not playing football, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, What he does best is trashing the United States of America. (laughs) Uh... Kaepernick, how can we truly celebrate independence on a day that intentionally robbed our ancestors of theirs? To find my independence, I went home. Well, Colin Kaepernick, I think I can speak for a vast majority of Americans. We pray you stay there. (laughs) Don't come back. Uh, We have enough uh, trash talkers of America with the Democrat Party. And with liberal extremists over at CNN. Thank you very much. Uh, telephone numbers 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. So there was this. The really good research that's taken place since the election shows that fear of a changing America is the number one factor that you can see drive, that really divides a Trump, a white Trump voter from a uh, white non-Trump voter. That it's fears of brown people, fears of losing uh, the majority. Let me dissect this. Because this this is a refrain that is repeated in one form or another to justify progressives losing election after election after election. It can remember it can never be them. It can never be their policies. It can never be their anti-Americanism. It can never be the likes of Colin Kaepernick. It, it's always somebody else's fault. And in this in this case, the reason why Trump won is because so many of you white folks out there just couldn't stand to see so many brown people around. People like your liberty-loving Latino here. Let me tell you, this is patently absurd. Uh, let me start with the first part of her statement. The really good research that's taken place since the election shows that fear of a changing America is the number one factor that you can see drive that really divides it. Yeah, the number one factor. What she's trying to allege here is the reason why you oppose illegal immigration is because you don't like brown people. Because you don't like brown people coming in from the Middle East illegally. You don't like brown people coming in from Mexico illegally or Central America illegally or from uh, China illegally. You know, brown people, people with a different tint to their skin coming in illegally. It couldn't be the fact they're coming in illegally that you have a problem with. It must be because of the way they look, you see. That's how she tries to, to justify illegal immigration. Let me affirm for the Chris Salcedo Show audience that illegal immigration is wrong, illegal immigration is immoral, and illegal immigration is bad for the United States of America. In fact, it's bad for any country. It's why most countries don't allow it. And why anyone will listen to the absurd rantings of Joan Walsh, the national affairs correspondent for the nation, on this or any other issue, to be quite frank, is astonishing to me. 
she went on. Trump, a white Trump voter from a uh, white non-Trump voter, that it's fears of brown people, fears of losing uh, the majority. Fears of losing the majority. I can attest to you folks that there are millions of Latinos out there who feel about Trump, who feel about this country, who feel about our Constitution, who feel about the rule of law the same way I do. How many of you, show of hands, fear brown people like me? I'd wager not many of you. Joan Walsh, I, I bet you fear me. I bet, I bet you fear that I want to disarm liberal extremists like you, that I don't want to let you empower government to lord over us. I bet you my push for liberty and freedom and the Constitution of the United States and adherence to said scares the hell out of you. To which I say good. And there are plenty of blacks, other Latinos, and plenty of whites who agree with me and will continue to agree with me. As is always the case, folks, with these, with these types of debates, it's never really about race. You know, there are some ignorant people on both sides who focus in on race. But for the vast majority of people, it's, this battle is ideology. It's ideological. Joan Walsh doesn't think ill of people who voted for Trump because, well, and maybe she does, maybe she is delusioned enough to think about this, but let me just correct her. You don't have to worry about them because they look at people's skin and go, oh, I just don't want you here. No, what they, what they are really rebelling against is lawlessness, that you and your political ideology, Joan Walsh, shove down our throats. People like you, Joan Walsh, think the, the rules don't apply to you. People like you, Joan Walsh, and you and your writers over the nation and, and the vast majority of the folks over at MSNBS, this is how you operate. And this is how the political party you support operates. The, the rule of law is subject to whatever liberals want it to say. And it's never what conservatives say it is. Uh, this, this effort to separate and divide we Americans... Is really, is really getting to be transparent. It's borderline, well, juvenile, yes, ridiculous. It's, it's actually getting to be so humdrum and mundane because after getting walloped in election after election after election in the era of Obama, this is, all, this is the best Joan Walsh can come up with. <laughs> you know, the reason why Donald Trump won is because there are a whole bunch of white people out there that fear brown people. No, we just fear socialism. We just fear communism. We just fear illegal activity being sanctioned by the likes of you, Joan Walsh. That's what we fear. We fear the degradation and the undermining of a civilized society, which is which you are a chief sponsor of, my dear. And it's a legitimate fear. It's a good fear to have. Because look at what progressives like you, Joan Walsh, did to countries like Cuba. Did to countries like Venezuela. What you continue to do today to, to countries like China. What you've done to countries like Mexico. 
what you've done to countries like, oh, I'll pick another left-wing paradise. Well, the, the, Central, the Central American countries. Chile, for example. So, look, I, this is utter tripe. It's baloney. But th- that's where they've descended to, folks. They've descended into baloney. Now, part of this whole meme and uh, thought process from the American left finds, finds expression in the left wing pushing back against common sense. Well, I say it's common sense, but it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that we have to go to this route. The state of Texas, as I've told you, has taken a step to declare sanctuary cities uh, to punish sanctuary cities. If, if sanctuary cities accommodate illegal alien felons, <laughs> then that's a no-no. And actions can be taken to the point to where we even throw elected officials in jail. That's going on in Texas. Now, what are we told? We are told constantly that if you do this, you're going to make the streets of America less safe. Isn't that what we hear? Well, Carlos Garcia here at The Blaze has written a piece which will debunk. And this is I, I want you guys to be armed with this. Because th- this is this is good stuff. This you can throw this right back in those left wing extremists face. Los Angeles Police Chief Charlie Beck supports sanctuary cities and policies and explained why he believed it meant citizens would be more safe with sanctuary city policies. We do not want to dilute trust because trust is the most important thing in policing. He said, we depend on our communities. Let me stop. Communities. That means illegals and legals alike. So what this alleged law enforcement officer is saying, we... (laughs) depend on our illegal aliens in our communities to cooperate with us, not only to keep them safe, but to keep all of you safe. But according to Levi Bolton, the executive director of the Arizona Police Association, when Phoenix suspended its sanctuary city policies, instead of endangering citizens, well, quite the opposite happened. We saw crime decrease, said Bolton. It had a deterrent effect on folks because the risk of discovery went up exponentially when we actually enforced the law. Huh, what a concept. Under the new policies, law enforcement could ask suspects if they are in the United States legally. And they could inform immigration agencies about violations of federal laws. Fox News reported that the murder rate in Phoenix fell by 27%. Robberies by 23%. Assaults fell by 13%. Even more minor crimes fell, like burglaries by 14%. Theft by 19%. And all Phoenix had to do was get rid of those anti-American sanctuary city policies. And crime dropped the six-year study from the university of riverside california across 55 states found no statistically discernible difference in violent crime rates rape or poverty crime curbing illegal alien crime was a promise trump made often while on the campaign trail and while he has not rescinded obama's dream act for childhood arrivals or built the border wall his rhetoric alone has caused a steep decline in illegal crossings the house of representatives also passed two bills meant to deter illegal alien crime, including the Cates Law, named after Kate Steinle, a victim of an illegal alien 
felon, multiple time deportee, I might add, in San Francisco. The government in Los Angeles has been at the forefront of dissent against Trump's what they call offensive on sanctuary or offensive on sanctuary city policies. Anyway, so this article gives you plenty of information. When the individuals who try to oppose common sense uh, actions against sanctuary cities and they hit you with this line, oh, you're going to make our communities less safe. You get to say, screw you. It'll make us more safe. And Phoenix proves it. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show, here on The Blaze. The next generation of talk radio. The Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. O'Reilly's out there with some things to say about Trump. Uh, you can hear Bill O'Reilly, uh, no longer on the Fox News channel, but you can hear him every Friday with our very own Glenn Beck. Checks in and uh, gives his take on the news of the day. Daily Caller caught up with him. O'Reilly, or maybe it wasn't the Daily Caller, it was uh, an article that Bill O'Reilly shared uh, on his own page, and uh, the Daily Caller's writing about it. Apparently, O'Reilly says that uh, Trump is going to win this war against the, the media. Uh, and I, I don't disagree with him. I think, I think that the mainstream press is making a joke out of themselves. Uh, the number one, if they really believe that Donald Trump is as much an idiot as they say that he is, then the, be- the, the best wisdom is to let him do it. You continue to operate. It was Phil Donahue was trying to say to the young MSNBS host last week that we played for you. Phil Donahue was saying, you guys are supposed to do what you guys are supposed to do. Don't let Donald Trump make you less of journalists. But that's exactly what CNN is doing. CNN says, well, if Donald Trump can do this, then we can do it. It's juvenile. You don't give up your journalistic integrity because of your, because of your perception of Donald Trump or what he's doing or what he's not doing. That's not the way journalism is supposed to work. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get into a lot of this today. Probably we'll pick this up tomorrow. But over the weekend, Meet the Press sat down with a journalist and an author. His name is Malcolm Gladwell. And he admits something that you and I have not heard from left-wingers in this country. He admits there's a trade-off. When you sign up for socialism on healthcare, when you sign up for communism on healthcare, there's a trade-off. And he was speaking with uh, Chuck Todd. I don't think this was the interview Chuck Todd was looking for. But this guy was very frank. Let me see if I can get into some of this. Again, we'll, we'll get into it more in depth tomorrow. I'm a Canadian. So Canada's had single payer for how many decades now? 50, 60 years. Um, the reason Canada has single payer is that Canadians had a conversation amongst themselves many, many years ago, and they asked a very simple question, which is, what do we want from our health care? And they came to the answer that what we, what we want is a system that covers everyone. And what we- yeah, what we want is a system that covers everyone. 
But the conversation in Canada didn't stop there. There was a, yeah, but you're going to have to give up certain things. And this is the conversation that left-wingers in our country, they never tell us the consequence of universal health care, of socialism. And uh, Mr. Gladwell was all too happy to fill in the blanks for the Democrat Party. And then what, we're, what that means is we're willing to give up choice. We're willing to give up the most high-tech solutions. To... <laughs> so we're willing to give up choice. We're willing to give up innovation. We're willing to give up all. And he, the list continues, folks. And this is often what our left-wing friends will never tell us, the consequence of going to single-payer, which is bad news for us. Remember, everybody, society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. See you tomorrow. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network.